Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our T-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. Have you ever been friends with someone and you're not exactly sure why you're even friends with them in the first place or why it is that you want to spend time with them from time to time because they seem to be negative a lot or they say things that appear as though they are intentionally or deliberately trying to screw with you or irritate you in some kind of way? I don't know what it is, and I've said this in the past, and you're going to have to forgive me for my language, but from time to time, I feel like I'm a shit magnet. And my wife, she seems to have a theory on this. She seems to think that because I'm such a loving, kind, open-minded man who's willing to befriend and uh, treat anybody with human decency, willing to spend hours listening to people express their thoughts and their ideas, no matter how insane or um, sidious that they uh, might come off. And she is right. I have been more than happy to sit with people who believe that the earth is flat. I've talked with people who think that they come from rocks, people who believe they've evolved from fish to monkeys. Um, I've talked to people who... um, believe that the universe is a hologram. I've talked to people who believe that we live in a giant snow globe. I've spoken to people who share some of my ideas um, whenever it comes to perhaps. I'm not saying I'm subscribed to it. I just kind of find it interesting. The idea that we might actually be living in a simulation. I've got a lot of unusual ideas, and I'm so self-aware that I realize that some of my Christian beliefs, as well as some of my views on how I deal with people in society, as well as just everyday routines, might come off unusual to some folks. But I realize that. But some people have really screwed up ideas and crazy ideas, and they don't seem to be aware of why it is that they come off almost batshit insane. They come off crazy. They don't even adhere to the idea that what they're saying is not something that is socially acceptable, nor is it in any way uh, coherent or mentally stable, how shall I put forth? A long time ago, I accepted as a young person that I've got problems, um, that I've got a lot of issues. I realize also that I suffer from bipolar man depression, so I know that my chemistry can be off sometimes, and I know that there's certain things that I can eat or drink or do for myself that might pull me out of one of these uh, stages of depression or issues that I have. And I think that one way for a person who might be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or having problems 
is you have to first accept that you have a problem and an issue, and then you deal with it. Well, I discovered because of my problems and this desire to try to get along with everybody that not everybody wants to get along. Some people actually enjoy hurting other people. Some people actually like the idea of suffering. Some people enjoy hurting themselves. And some people get uh, orgasmic whenever it comes to the idea of hurting other people. And for some reason, I have ran into a lot of both. People who enjoy hurting themselves and people who enjoy hurting others. And for some reason, people like this are attracted to me. I also notice that people who are narcissistic sociopaths, some even bordering on a psychopath, seem to be attracted to me. And maybe it's because of one of the reasons why I'm so used to whenever I was a child. My mother, before she got sick, she worked in nursing. So she was constantly around psychiatric patients, the mentally ill. She even worked in some places as well as residents, bringing me along where I got to sit in the home of people who were disabled and had mental problems. I can't tell you how many veterans I met or how many people had been damaged from drugs and alcohol as a child and trying to understand. So for me, it kind of became routine to be around people who say really weird crap and behave extremely, or shall I say, extraordinarily different than what some people would deem as normal and functional in society. And unfortunately, this uh, trait ended up um, becoming something that would uh, follow me into my adulthood and then into social media. I realized that there were people out there that had problems, that there were issues. But when you get on social media, you're literally signing yourself into websites that are connected to the world. Their very agenda and purpose and meaning is to drive in business and drive in communities and people so they can sell advertisements. That's exactly what YouTube wants to do. They don't give a damn about us connecting and making friends or finding that lost soul or, you know, that soulmate that we're always looking for kind of thing. They want to put advertisements on your videos. They don't care if the videos are good or bad. Just watch any stupid video out there and you'll get an example that they'll monetize anything as long as it makes the money. So the point of this is, as I started the video, I said, have you ever been friends with someone that is basically a drag, not only on you mentally and emotionally, but also spiritually. And I have met so many people like this, and I hate to say this, um, but being that I'm such an open-minded person, one of the biggest mistakes I've made is assuming that someone who wears the same label as me is going to... Um, how do I put it? They're going to show the same mutual respect or human decency. The worst mistake that a Christian can make is to think that another person who claims to be Christian is going to follow up and be charitable, kind, generous, and all this. I have learned too many experiences and examples 
where there are other people who claim to come in the name of God and they absolutely are disappointing in every single way. And I'm sure in some kind of ways uh, there are people who disprove of my cussing and some of the behaviors and my willingness to get in the ring with a pig and uh, wrestle around in the mud with some creature who's decided they want to throw down with me that day. Uh, A good Christian would probably say, Brett, don't you do that. Don't you throw your pearls to swine. Don't you do that. And for some whatever reason, I continue to get myself into this position. Well, the same can be said about dealing with people. There's this guy out there. And there's been a lot of guys and women just like him in social media. He's a guy who's got a really good voice. He's creative. He's artistic. He's got a lot of positive things going for him. But you would never know this because he's very insecure about himself. And he doesn't like to go into the things that he's good about. Instead, he prefers spending most of his time speaking negatively or talking about negative experiences. And he also happens to be an atheist, which he this means that he lacks a belief in God. But although you would think it stops there where he just simply lacks a belief in God, he does claim that he believes in souls and spirits and ghosts. He believes that he's had visions. He believes that he's had spiritual religious experiences, but he doesn't believe in God. At first, whenever he told me about his first experience that he had, I thought he was playing games with me. I thought he was just making something up because he wanted to be annoying to me. Back in the day, I used to be very lenient on someone. If they lied or they bore false witness or they told me an untruth, I would assume that they were trying to be funny and the joke just was stale or it fell flat. But I realize now that the guy was absolutely serious and he's committed to this view because he's told hundreds of people since then the same story that he has told me. So here's the story. Oh, he claims to be atheist, but religious at the same time. Uh, This is where the incoherency comes in. His story is that one day... Without the help or association of any kind of religion, he was sitting in his bed, I suppose Indian style. I haven't really completely... There are a couple changes in his story that don't seem to coincide. There are some switch-ups that he does with the story, and also he likes to change the time frame a lot, which has given me a blues clues that he might have been lying in the past. But like I said, he seems to continue to prolificate the story with over hundreds of people that he's talked to in the last few years. So this guy that I considered my friend, here's his story. He tells people that while he was sitting Indian style on his bed, he was going into a meditation or some kind of trance. And what ends up happening is that he finds out that The world is an illusion, that none of what you see around you is what it seems. He would probably give the analogy that a snake might actually be a rope, or the other way around, that a rope might actually be a snake. 
everything that you look at around you isn't real whatsoever. And he also believes that we are all the same soul and that whenever we die, two things are going to happen according to him. It depends on what day you get him because the story switches up incoherently on this mess as well. He says that when we all die, our essence goes back to what he refers to as the ultimate one. I know what you're all going to say. Keanu Reeves, the Matrix, right? Now, he knows very well that I am a Christian, and he knows I believe in a superior being, an entity, a supreme divinity that created the entire universe and all things within it. There's a lot of theological things there that is very fascinating to me. The idea that things are could be different in the perception of God than they are through our physical, biological, organic perception of existence. But he goes one step further. He says that he believes that his consciousness is actually shared with the consciousness of the the uh, entity that he speaks of. Now, if you were to ask him, what is this ultimate being? He'll say, well, it's not really like that, and it's not really like that, and he never can put any kind of form to it. It all comes down to two hours of just babbling on incoherently about what he thinks it might be. Yet at the same time, he'll claim that whenever he was bonding with this thing, that he became one with the Matrix type of Optimus Prime Transformers type of language, he was um, permitted all this knowledge. Uh, basically, the vision told him, reality isn't what it seems. The universe is not real. All this is yada, 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 yada. Okay. So... The more you question him and ask him about his views, the more aggressive and hostile he tends to get. And I remember a time feeling, or perhaps it was my own want, uh, that uh, clouded my perception of him. I thought he was an extremely intelligent person because he uses some fancy words, and plus he's an artist. I automatically assume that if you can draw or you're artistic or creative in any kind of way, that you must have some form of intelligence. This is not true. Apparently, every now and then a monkey can throw its own doo-doo at a portrait and scribble it in, and it might end up looking like something. That's just the way our minds work. Sometimes we see something that's not really there. But not in the same sense as the story that he tells about the universe being an illusion. When a monkey throws poop at a portrait, this is not an illusion. This is just our perception always trying to find a design or a pattern in something. It's the way our brains work. Well, what ends up happening is, according to him, after the story ends and he meets the pure energy, the pure love, the pure everything, it gets very hippie-ish at this point. It's Gandhi meets uh, Charles Manson kind of nonsense. He says that he wakes up from his meditation, but he wasn't really asleep. He was like in a trance, right? The guy goes on to saying that he breathed and blew a wad, 
Now, I know that's a rude way to put it, but basically he said that without touching himself, he blew spew all over the place from his magical wand. His ding-ding, his stick, for those out there who are not getting the point. And that was about the point where I was prepared to say, this is absolute nonsense. This guy is full of it. He's bullshitting me all the way. But he claimed up and down, no, 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 this really happened to me. He said, I went to my family members, I went to my friends, I went to everybody I know. I was even walking up to people in the street and telling them about this experience I had. And he got really angry at me whenever I asked him the something intuitive that I think any of you probably would have wondered too. I said, you didn't go up and tell them about blowing spew all over the bedroom, right? Whenever you were having your, uh, your experience, uh, uh, did you? No, 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 I didn't do all that, Brett. Why are you mocking me for? Why are you being ignorant? Well, you just said that you went all over town and telling everybody about your experience. I assume that you told them the 100% story about the part where you blow a load all over the place. He got pissed off at me for this. He's angry, irritated. But what was I supposed to think? That he was just going around telling half-truths? I mean, the guy was claiming that now all of a sudden he was permitted knowledge of the universe and that we were all the same uh, person rolled up into one big soul. What else was I supposed to think? He just got done telling me that he blew a load. So, did he tell everybody? I don't know. Okay, so... I get to talk to him again, and this was a few years back, and I've been hearing this story over and over as well, too. He tells me, Brett, I used to be a Christian. See, he's an atheist right now. According to, before we get into this other story, he tells me that he's an atheist, but he looked wanted to find something that associated with his orgasm and his weird trance that he had. And Hinduism was the only thing that he could come up with out of the thousands of religions that exist. So be it, fine. And that whole ultimate one, Keanu Reeves uh, scheme. Then this guy goes on to telling me that a couple years before that, he used to be a hardcore Christian. He said that he was so Christian that he would actually dress up in robes. I kid you not. I don't remember in the Bible where it tells us in modern day that we need to run around in robes and all this kind of stuff. But he said that he was writing out his own pamphlets. He was even writing his own scriptures. So right out the bat, when I'm hearing this, I'm thinking, oh, damn, David Crush all over again. Watch out, Waco. Oh, goodness gracious, it starts getting really disturbing um, this is beyond blowing loads all over the place and then running around town telling everybody about it. Ugh. So he says that uh, he didn't want to lose faith in God. So he ends up going out into a thunderstorm, which is kind of like the story that I told a while back about how I was having kind of a break. Um, I was really, really upset. And I went out in the rain. 
Now, don't think of it as like some kind of incredible hawk where he's trying to change a tire and the lightning's shooting behind you and he hurts himself when he's trying to pull the flat tire off and goes and turns green and all that. Me, it was just raining and the sky was doing some lighting up. It wasn't like a Thor movie or something where I called out to God and I didn't feel like I had gotten a response and answer. Well, Adam is his name. I will go ahead and throw his name out there. Why not? He says that he went out into a thunderstorm and it had all the dramatic stuff going on. Even the incredible Hawk lightning bolts across the the sky and all this and horizon. He says that while this is going on, he calls out for God to give him a sign and something unusual happens to him. Apparently, according to him, he heard a voice in his head, and the voice sounded like him, and it said, There is no God. All the religions are false. God is fake. Go on about your life. So, being that I'm a Christian, and I'm hearing my buddy Adam say these things to me, there's two things that I'm thinking. Either my friend has lost his damn mind, or... Because I'm a Christian, and Muslims also have the same view, so do a lot of pagans and people of all different faiths, we believe in some form of another of the devil. We believe that there is a negative, powerful, evil force that works in the universe that does not like humanity and will try to deceive mankind. Being that this is the case, I only had two choices. Either my friend has flipped his wig... Or, Satan has told him to walk away from his faith and walk away from God and simply used his voice to do so. Satan has the ability to manifest himself and transform himself into anything he wants. If he wants to look like a woman, he can do that. If he wants to look like an attractive woman to tempt you and lust you, he can do that. If Satan wants to turn into a serpent and convince a man and a woman to throw away their entire existence and bring death upon humanity, so be it. It's just something Satan does, right? So I figured, you know, it wouldn't be too hard to believe that my buddy uh, Adam had the devil talking in his ear. I mean, it's either that or he's hearing voices that are simply not there. And I know what some non-believers would argue out there. Well, how do you tell the difference if it's mental illness or if it's actually you're having a religious experience? Well, a religious experience can usually be shared by other people and witnesses. When we read the Bible, we can see that most of the people who are making claims usually have followers and disciples and people such as their family, friends, and total strangers that that are confirming the experience is actually happening. A person who is mentally ill might think that they've got a mm, might think that they're a monkey that evolved into a person. Well, no one's actually observed that. No one's actually witnessed it. However, there is a bunch of people who are under this mass hypnosis who actually think that that's the truth because well, when they were children, they were indoctrinated into that, so they assume that it's real. It's true. So what ends up happening is, uh, you know, I said to him, look, man, 
you already told before you even got into the story, you claimed that you believed in God and that you were committed to your faith. So committed, you were wearing robes and handing out pamphlets and writing your own gospel, my friend. So why didn't you assume that you may have had the devil reach out to you or do this to you? And uh, he's tried to argue in a couple different ways with me about this. He says, well, I was calling out to God. Yeah, so you are in a very vulnerable state at this point. You're hurting. You're suffering. You feel like God has let you down in some way. Obviously, you would think that if you're um, saying that you're losing your faith. Why would you be losing your faith unless you felt like God rejected you or did not do something for you? He says, this isn't true. He says, no, 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 it's not like that. Because he doesn't want to accept the idea it might have been the devil. And he also doesn't like plan B, which means that he's mentally ill and needs to be heavily medicated and probably strapped into some padded room somewhere. And I completely understand all of that. I get it. I can understand why nobody would like plan A or plan B. I can't think of an alternative C to it. But one thing I've noticed, that he and I, we ended up becoming friends whenever I was still an atheist. And he liked me, he respected me, he uh, treated me very nice. <clears throat> but when I became a Christian, almost every time I run into him, he's nice for a little while. But then he starts dumping on my faith. He starts talking about things that he knows are absolutely disgusting and um, not cool to talk about with your friend. Um, he's also said some pretty vile, violent, aggressive things about things he'd like to do with some people out there. And I, how do I put it? He makes me nervous. When I'm around him, he gives me anxiety. I feel like not only is he a negative influence, but he's bad on me emotionally, he's bad on me spiritually. And just a couple weeks ago, whenever I got into a discussion with him, he actually started asking me questions about the Bible. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. I can sow some seeds. I can share, you know, the gift of God. I can share the word of God with him. But... It quickly started getting really, really odd because my friend began defending the devil in the Bible. He was literally committing blasphemy, and I even told him, stop doing what you're doing. Don't do this. This is ridiculous. Oh, Brett, don't be stupid. Satan was a truth teller in the Bible, he claimed. Satan was this, and Satan was that. And it was God who was a blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, oh damn. I mean, what do you say about that, ladies and gentlemen? What do you say? Just recently, I uh, was hanging out with him, and he let this other guy come in the room. And this guy didn't like some of the things that I was talking about with my buddy Adam. And he said, why do you like this certain thing? Oh, and by the way, this guy who came in the room pretended to be a Christian, claimed to be of Christ. 
but he wasn't. He was an atheist, and he wanted to come up on video and irritate me and troll me. This is so, you guys might think that this is hilarious, but apparently he said he wanted to debate me about something. He wanted to debate me about my views on something having to do with politics as well as a, a certain president who used to uh, hold office. So I said, what do you want to know? And he goes, how can you care about this president or respect anything about him because he never did anything good or positive? So I went ahead and did what I normally do when I'm, I'm dealing with people like this. I have this tendency that whenever I'm in a discussion or a debate or somebody is trying to destroy my view on something, I immediately start pulling up my notes, every resource I have, anything having to do with facts and evidence to make my case. I'm all about facts and evidence. I'm all about the science and the history and actually providing information. Well, this guy, whenever I tell him, all right, let me get out my evidence. And he goes, what do you mean your evidence? And I said, well, I'm going to give you information about this president, something, things and accomplishments and achievements that he did that proves that um, he did what he said he was going to do. And the guy says, well, we don't need any facts and evidence. And my buddy Adam says, yeah, Brett, we don't need to do any facts and evidence in the conversation. It's going to be a boring conversation if you're just going to be listing off all these facts and evidence. And I immediately, what? What the hell are you talking about? We can't present facts and evidence in the argument? I'm just supposed to sit here and let you clearly, because what the guy wanted to do, because I gave him about 10 minutes. Whenever they said that, though, I couldn't help. My brain was just going, what? No facts and evidence. Why Why am I being told that I'm not able to actually give resources and information to back up my claims and assertions? Who are these two clowns? And the guy goes, well, it'd be boring. Let me ask you specific questions. And he wanted to be the aggressor in the discussion and debate. And folks, I don't do that. I don't allow people to put me in a position where they get to put me on trial and then ask me tons and tons of crap. You know, those type of people that ask you like 10 questions at a time and they won't shut up. They'll just keep going and going like they want to rant and never stop talking so you can actually get in there and make your point. So after listening to this guy spew on for five minutes for his hatred that he has for my political ideology or something that I respected or admired, I said, well, let me go ahead and talk about some of the accomplishments and how they benefited the economy and society. He goes, I told you, we don't need to see any facts and evidence. I don't want to see the information. I want to know how it affected you. So I said, all right, being that this happened and this happened and this happened, it benefits society in such a way that when society benefits, I get benefited as well. Because I don't live in some kind of isolated little cottage that lives off on the planet Mars somewhere. When society does well, I do well. If money goes up, taxes go good, I get better taxes, I get better money. 
I'm just like anybody else. If the country makes a big decision and it's positive, I get affected. If the country makes negative decisions, I'm affected negatively. So, I mean, I was perfectly articulate and coherent as I normally am, ladies and gentlemen. But this guy told me, no, 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 no. We're not going to do evidence and facts. We're not going to do resources. I don't want to look at any kind of information that you provide. I don't care if it's peer-reviewed. I don't care if it's directly out of the science book or anything that has video footage or, uh, you know, audio recordings, anything. I just want you to sit there while I pound the hell out of you and tell you why I hate your views and your ideas and all this. And when I told him, I said, sir, I am not going to sit here and listen to you batter the hell out of me and um, allow you to tell me that I'm not allowed to speak in a certain way or use facts and evidence to back up my claims and my points. We're not going to play that game. What are we, children? And he goes, well, if you can't handle it, now he's doing this little game of, oh, if you're not going to let me slap you around and be ignorant to you, then you must be a coward. Listen, folks. I don't care if you claim to be a Christian or an atheist or whatever you do. You do not tell me how I'm going to talk, how I should behave, how to act. And you definitely don't tell me how I can argue. I don't give a damn if it's fallacy 999,000. I don't give a damn if you hold up a voodoo straw man down and say, straw man, straw man, for every single thing I say. I don't care. Don't waste my time with this kind of crap. Nine times out of ten, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about anyway. You don't even understand what a fallacy even means. So don't go there. Don't go there. Just some advice for people out there. So after listening to the guy, my supposed buddy Adam says to me, Oh, Brett, just let him, you know, talk about his views. What's wrong with debating it? And I said, Adam, the guy spends 10 minutes on the mic, and then whenever I finally speak, he'll cut me off in the first five seconds before I even get to talk to go on another 10-minute rampage. And Adam says, oh, Brett, you know, relax, man. Now." No, I'm not going to relax. I'm not going to sit in anybody's crap or in any kind of Skype call or Zoom or anything and let somebody ramp off at me that I don't even know that is very nihilistic and doesn't have any facts or evidence to back up their nonsense and then cut me off over and over like it's okay to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, look. I've grown up in the country. I've grown up in the city. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and then I moved off into the country. And let me tell you something. There's a similarity and a pattern that goes on between St. Louis and the country that I live in. The similarity is, is that when someone's talking, you don't just cut them off. And you also try to keep your damn conversation down to a minute so another person can respond to you. There's no reason for you to do 10 minutes. If it takes you 10 minutes to express an idea, then get the hell out of here is what I say. And number two, you do not need to explain a simple concept 
20 different ways of doing it, okay? If you don't like a popsicle, you say, I don't like a popsicle, you don't go, had that popsicle not been made by that company and been sitting in that type of weather during that temperature and had been taken through this environment, who gives a damn you don't like the popsicle to say so? I don't want to hear all this this crap, this garbage. I call it Rudy Pooh candy assery, ladies and gentlemen. I don't I don't care about all that other drama and that nonsense. Oh, man. You see, people are not used to this type of behavior from me either. They figure, Brett, but you're supposed to have a good heart. What about the whole open-minded thing? Folks, don't try to manipulate me. I'm open-minded, but I am not stupid. I'm not a damn idiot. I know when somebody's trying to play games with me. I know when somebody's trying to be ignorant. I know when someone wants to be a bully and whenever they want to just you know, aggravate the piss out of people because they're bored and got nothing better to do in their life. So don't give me this, oh, if you were open-minded, you'd listen to me rant on for two hours and never let you talk. Listen, before I end the video, let me give a response to anyone out there with this type of behavior and learning disability. <laughs> Okay. All right. God bless. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV radio hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.